wasabi wallet, unfairly private. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is Thursday, so we're going to be chatting some news. We're going to be talking about the Bitcoin city. Uh, if you've been living under a rock, you may not have heard that El Salvador and President Bukele announced uh, the soon-to-be-begun Bitcoin city in El Salvador. Uh, and there's uh, supposedly some nice perks of potentially uh, being there and being part of it. Uh, we're going to discuss all that, what exactly it is, how it's being funded, all of that. Uh, plus, we're going to be talking uh, a lot about uh, some current inflationary pressures in the U.S. and Canada, around the world, um, kind of how those are playing out, and a couple other fun things. Uh, as always, this is live. Anything can happen, so I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! If you haven't already, make sure you hit like, subscribe, and share. All those things, super important. They really do help the channel. As always, I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Total the Bitcoin. Before we dive in, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. This is the Bitbo.io dashboard. We're sitting at $58,584 per Bitcoin, 58K gang forever, by the way. Uh, a single US dollar will pick you up 1,707 sats. 89.92% of all Bitcoin have been mined again. 90% coming up before the end of the year. And in terms of fees, about seven sats per byte for the next block. If you're willing to wait an hour or more, one sat per byte should do you. Um, in terms of anything else, eh, anything notable? Not anything I really want to cover at the moment. So let's just, uh, of course, shout out to sponsors of the show, shakebay.com. Hey guys, I got my ShakePay card now on my phone. I got the virtual card. I can now earn sats back on any dollar related expenditures here in Canada. Uh, and they're starting to roll out more of those. So uh, I will have a video on it, how it works, all that kind of stuff coming up uh, in the coming weeks here. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but if you're buying Bitcoin in Canada, this is the way to go, guys. Super easy, free to deposit, free to withdraw, super slim margins in between. Uh, so you get some of the best prices in Canada. And uh, of course, their referral program, you get 30 bucks when you use the link down below to sign up and buy your first $100 worth of Bitcoin. And the same thing, if you get any friends to sign up, you get a $30 kickback from that after their first $100 as well. Plus, you get to shake your phone every day for free sats. So check them out. Again, best way to buy Bitcoin in Canada. Lend.io, you can use your Bitcoin for a variety of different services, in particular, if you're in a pinch and you need dollars, but you don't want to sell your Bitcoin because, hey, taxable event, worried about buying back in at a higher price. Well, you can use their Bitcoin back loans really easy. Deposit Bitcoin, get dollars to your bank account. And when you pay back those dollars, you get back the same number of sats. Of course, they also have Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts to earn interest on your corn. And if you're feeling mega bullish, their B2X offering is there for the taking. Uh, you can hit them up down below. Links are there. And... Uh, 
if you uh, use that link, you can get 10 bucks for free into your savings account uh, with a couple little things there. Uh, of course, I do live on Bitcoin. BitRefill helps a ton with this. ton of different gift cards available in a ton of different countries. And you earn sats back as you shop. You can pay on-chain with Bitcoin via main chain or lightning network as i use a lot and they've also got a pretty badass referral program too so check them out uh guys keystone black friday uh it is it is going to hit really quick here let me just refresh this because uh that is not even right black friday is now guys it's already ready it's it's currently going on right now ah sorry it's going for 10 more days basically uh 20 off so if you don't have a keystone and you were kind of eyeing one, now's the time. 20% off. Links are in the show notes down below. Air-gapped hardware wallet. You never plug it into anything internet connected, uh, all offline via QR code. And uh, Bitcoin-only firmware works with all the great wallets. Blue Wallet, Wasabi, Spectre, Sparrow, you name it. Awesome in a multi-sig. Check them out. And finally, if you back up any important hardware wallet, software wallet, whatever it is, if it has lots of funds in it, get the backup in solid steel. This is how I back up all my important hardware wallets with the bill foddle at privacypros.io. Uh, it just helps you with things like fire damage, water damage, or just accidentally discarding a piece of paper. Not exactly the best thing. Uh, much better to have it in solid steel. So check them out. And uh, enough of my rambling, guys. Let's let's get chatting. Let's chat about the Bitcoin city in El Salvador. Uh, so they had Bitcoin Week down there recently. There was a, a Bitcoin conference going on. There's a bunch of stuff going on. I was kind of jealous. I I was invited uh, to La Bitconf uh, to speak. Uh, unfortunately, I just couldn't justify the extra travel. I've been kind of out of town fair amount through October. I needed to kind of sit tight here and relax for a little bit, but it would have been a lot of fun. Anyways, last night of the event, they announced the Bitcoin city. So what is this? What's going on? El Salvador plans to build a Bitcoin city at the base of a volcano with the cryptocurrency used to fund the project. Its president has announced the city will be circular to represent the shape of a large coin and will be built in the southeastern region of La Union, um, According to the president, the site would take advantage of, I don't know how to say this, Conchuga, uh, Conchugua, I'm not sure, volcanoes, thermal energy to power Bitcoin mining. Uh, El Salvador obviously uh, just announced that Bitcoin is legal tender and made it so in September. Uh, and the move led, of course, there have been some protests uh, in and around this, although some of them ill-informed, uh, but I will echo that. I see Bitcoin as a technology that's best kind of proliferated through opt-in means, not, not kind of forcing it upon people. But the nuance here is that really you don't have to utilize Bitcoin. It utilizes Bitcoin rails within the country to facilitate faster uh, transaction settlement. And you can settle in dollars if you choose to. Um, so, you know, it can be argued both ways. Uh, regardless, uh, they say that the city will have residential areas, commercial areas, services, museums, entertainment, bars, restaurants, airport, um, rail, everything devoted to Bitcoin. Uh, so there's there's a lot here. Um, there's a nice little infographic regarding some of the specifics that we'll get into. But one of the things I wanted to touch on is that they're issuing Bitcoin bonds uh, on the liquid sidechain. <clears throat> so I'll read a little bit here. El Salvador will issue 1 billion 
dollars in bonds on Blockstream's Liquid Network, a federated Bitcoin sidechain. According to the statement sent to Bitcoin Magazine, the proceedings of the bonds will split between 500 million direct allocation in Bitcoin and an investment in the same amount in building out energy and Bitcoin mining infrastructure in the in the region. The move seeks to attract capital and investors to the Central American country. Quote, uh, El Salvador also aims to create a government securities law and ground grant a license to Bitfinex Securities to process and list the bond issuance. This could pave the way for other liquid security tokens like Blockstream Mining Note and Exordium Token to be listed on a regulated El Salvadorian securities exchange. Um, so basically what they're doing is they're trying to enable people to hold what accounts uh, amounts to the equivalent of an actual security or a bond, um, like uh, uh, issuing a stock, uh, but in a way that um, can actually be transferred freely between individuals instead of having to sit them with a, a third party. So obviously there's still trust involved in any type of a security, right? Like, or a bond, you're trusting the government or the company to, um, to basically work and, and create a return for you. Um, with a bond, there's, there's a coupon rate or a coupon note that, that allows you a certain percentage per, per year. Um, as long as that government is solvent and with El Salvador, I mean, there's, it's it's less likely to uh, or it's more likely to default than a regular country. But there's some interesting shifting dynamics on a global uh, level when it comes to how currencies are dealt with and and who's actually trustworthy here. Right. Like the, the U.S. has really push the envelope in terms of uh, what they can do with with central bank policy. Record low interest rates artificially held by the Fed buying up uh, treasury notes. Um, you, you have just 30 to 40 percent of all existing U.S. dollars created in the last calendar year. Uh, inflation everywhere, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, is this trustworthy in in terms of how the rest of the world is operating? I I don't know. I don't know in terms of will will the local entities in El Salvador uh, be able to build a city from scratch? Is is effectively what we're getting at here? Um, I would be more confident if if it was effectively a city built by the, the best entrepreneurs out there and, and some of the best planners um, as, as contractors brought in to do this. I don't know the specifics of how this will be built, um, but we'll see. So here's a little uh, breakdown by arcane research. So there's going to be no taxes in the city, no income tax, no capital gains tax, anything like that, except for uh, VAT tax or basically like a consumption tax. So if you're buying something, there's going to be a 10% tax on it. Outside of that, no income tax. As I said, no capital gains tax, no taxes effectively for the entire thing. Now they say ecological, uh, 
I'm guessing that's in and around the uh, the renewable resource of of the geothermal uh, in and around the volcano, but pretty broad there. Anyways, uh, it's going to be in the eastern uh, region, as we said, near La Union. Energy infrastructure, they say 100% renewable geothermal energy uh, generation from local volcanoes. There are two volcanoes nearby, massive energy potential. Again, I still think that they're going to be need more infrastructure than that for a city, but um, it is nice that it's it's available there. We'll see again. We'll see how that plays out. Now, it, it is promising in terms of mining infrastructure. They say uh, here mining rigs, of course, uh, El Salvador is going to generate their own Bitcoin powered by their volcanoes. Um, I think this is cool. This is really cool in terms of uh, a massive energy resource of of typically stranded energy they're gonna try and get the energy from these volcanoes to power this city uh so they'll kind of be a push and pull there um, but it's kind of nice because they're gonna have a certain amount of energy if the amount of energy from these volcanoes is indeed enough to power a city then then it may be above and beyond what's needed to power a city and so bitcoin miners can then eat up the additional energy uh, and, and basically be a buyer of last resort. And so this is the interesting dynamic here is, is that it, Bitcoin miners could effectively subsidize the creation of the grid, uh, the grid lines to actually power the city. Uh, so as they're building out this infrastructure to run that power to the city, they can still be utilizing all of that energy, even if the grid isn't built and be paid by the Bitcoin network to do so. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, now, uh, in terms of the volcano bond, this is the first government bond in history with Bitcoin booster coupons. And it's the first tokenized government bond in history issued on the liquid network. Uh, so there will be a total of 1 billion issued. The coupon rate is 6.5%. Coupon rate means the rate of return or the interest that you earn annually on the bond uh the duration is 10 years so if you buy the bond then basically you either hold on to it for 10 years earning six and a half percent every single year uh or you can resell the bond to somebody else that wants to buy it from you in the future uh and the mim minimum amount that you can uh, buy the bond for is a hundred dollars so actually relatively accessible now what are the Bitcoin booster coupons? So effectively out of the 1 billion, assuming they earn that much, and from what I'm hearing from some of the people at Blockstream, particularly Samson Mao, he seems to think that there's going to be more than enough interest to sell a billion dollars worth of these bonds. 500 million will go to infrastructure development, uh, particularly in around Bitcoin mining, and 500 million to Bitcoin purchases, okay? The Bitcoin will be locked up for five years, and then after five years, so halfway through the maturation of the, the bond, 50% uh, of the Bitcoin upside will be paid out to investors quarterly. So not only do you have the the six and a half percent interest rate that you're getting but the appreciation on the price of bitcoin half of that will be paid to you every quarter after five years so this is this is interesting now if you think that bitcoin is going to appreciate more than six and a half percent yearly then i mean the, the best bet for you is probably just to hold on to bitcoin um but 
there could be some interest from people, and it sounds like there is, in in purchasing this. Um, one as as a, a, a semi, how would you say it? I don't want to even say a hedge, but like a a, a and I don't want to say conservative, but kind of a more conservative approach to owning Bitcoin, or maybe you couldn't have access to getting exposure to Bitcoin through other vehicles, and you might be able to through a government bond. But there is a question on whether or not certain entities would be able to gain exposure to this, this vehicle, given that it has direct Bitcoin exposure and that it's issued on the liquid network, which is, is a first. I imagine there's got to be some regulatory hurdles there. Um, so I, I don't know. Some people, some Bitcoiners may just want to buy this just to say, hey, I partook in the first Bitcoin like volcano bond. I mean, I could see myself buying a couple volcano bonds for a hundred bucks just to just to say, hey, I, I took part in it. If it didn't pan out, whatever, I guess. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know. Let me know what you think of these volcano bonds. Um, and also, if you're curious, because uh, this has obviously brought some more attention to the Liquid Network. If you've never utilized the Liquid Network, you don't know how to. Um, I've done some videos on it. I've got about four videos on it right now. How to uh, utilize Liquid using Blockstream Green, using uh, uh, Liquidity, um, the Jade Wallet. Uh, I've also done SideSwap. There's another um, there's another app called TDEX that I'm going to be covering soon. So uh, you can check out on the channel here. I've got a few videos in and around Liquid Network that you can check out just and play around with and and try sending Liquid Bitcoin and and see how you can hold you know dollars or something in a Liquid wallet. Um, yeah, worth playing around with. Okay. Uh, now, last thing to tag on here, <laughs> and this will be kind of our segue, I guess, a little bit into uh, into the inflationary and 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 macro stuff. Anyways, the U.S. official um, uh, a U.S. official says El Salvador relations paused for lack of interest, not lack of interest on the U.S. part, actually. Uh, so they say that relationship re relations between El Salvador and the United States are temporarily on hold due to the Salvadoran government's apparent lack of interest in dialogue. Uh, and this is from a U.S. official in the Central American country. Quote, obviously, we're on a bit of a pause because the government in El Salvador is not giving a signal it has interest in our relationship. Again, it's impossible to think that someone has an interest in our relationship when they're using their paid media machine to attack the United States every day. Um, so he, Bukele does criticize the U.S. and politicians on social media. Um, he hasn't responded for comment. Uh, yeah. And they basically say, on behalf of the White House, the State Department, we've offered a bridge and the Salvadoran government decided not to take it. As far as we're concerned, we're interested in having the best relationship with El Salvador. So they're basically saying, well, you know, we'll work with you, but I, I guess they don't want to. I mean, here's the thing. El Salvador seems to be kind of doing shit on their own now. Uh, they've kind of stepped out and and decided hey we're we're going to uh we're going to try and be self-sufficient here we're going to stop leaning on on these other entities for for help and it's kind of seems to be working so far um now they're not the only ones uh kind of giving El Salvador some flack the IMF 
they said that Bitcoin should not be legal tender in El Salvador. Uh, and they, they talk here, they say uh, the IMF or the International Monetary Fund said Bitcoin should not be used as legal tender in El Salvador and urged the Central American country to strengthen and the regulation and supervision of its newly established payment ecosystem. Uh, they published this statement on Monday. They recommended that El Salvador narrow the scope of its Bitcoin law and mention significant risks that Bitcoin has for consumer protection, financial integrity, and financial stability. Um, this corresponds with official IMF visit to El Salvador conducted in accordance with uh, its constitutive agreement which annually overviews the fiscal, monetary, and external situation of its members. Um, obviously, they said that the announcement of the Bitcoin-backed bond uh, was not discussed in the joint meetings between government officials and the agency. The IMF's technical analysis did not include the bond announcement. The financial institution said El Salvador's plan to buy more Bitcoin following the bond issuance, along with increasing its Bitcoin exposure, quote, will require a very careful analysis of implications for and potential risks to financial stability. Uh, here, here's the best part. According to the IMF, El Salvador's public debt could escalate beyond 95% of its GDP by 2026, if the country does not implement strong policy measures to correct fiscal imbalance and ease constraints on growth, the debt figure did not include the Bitcoin bond recently announced, the IMF added. Uh, beyond that, uh, here's the measures that they, they <laughs> recommended. They recommended El Salvador consider winding down the $150 million trust fund created to facilitate the exchange between Bitcoin and US dollars. It also recommended withdrawing public subsidies for Chiva, Chiva Wallet, uh, which is the digital wallet, um, to entice people to, to get on a Bitcoin standard. Uh, yeah. And they just talk about stronger regulation and oversight. Uh, now, here's the thing. Here's that number. Public debt could escalate beyond 95% of GDP by 2026. Here's the U.S. Uh, <laughs> uh, public debt to GDP ratio. It's 133.46%. Uh, projected by 2026. It's currently, uh, as of last year, 133% also. Um, now, there is some nuance here because the debt of the U.S. is denominated in U.S. dollars, which they can literally print and pay off easily. However, if you look globally in terms of debt-to-GDP ratio, I mean, El Salvador is like nowhere near the top of the list. There's like 20 to 30 countries ahead of them on that list in terms of debt-to-GDP ratio. Japan is like 230% or something like that. It's insane. Um, and so the question is, what's more sustainable? And so in, in this instance where you have the U.S., I mean, they're not going to default on their debt right? Because they can just print more of it. But isn't that a ticking time bomb in and of itself in that as, as the, the minimum payments on that debt come due and continue to increase, given that the size of the debt is now over 130%, keep in mind that of every nation that has gone above 130% debt to GDP ratio, 
only one has not defaulted. And there have been many, many, like dozens and dozens of countries that have done this. Uh, and all of them have eventually basically crumbled um, in terms of actual defaults, either through just regular default or through hyperinflationary destroying their country, um, uh, destroying their natural national currency default. Um, so keep that in mind. So, so what's, what's the bigger risk here that, or, uh, a nation issuing debt set in dollars, but then having assets in a, er, having their funds and, and their, their capital allocated to assets that are hard. So they've got, uh, they're, they're issuing a bond for a billion dollars. They're taking half of that money and parking it and locking it in a hard asset for five years that year over year, if you go back long enough, yes, it's 200% annual return on average, but you know that includes some of the early years. So if you're a bit more conservative and you, you cut out some of those early crazy appreciations, uh, it's closer to 60, 70, maybe 75% per year. Um, and also an asset that in the history of its existence over any four year period at any point in time after four years, it has never gone down. The 200 week moving average has never pointed downwards. So what is, what is given the historical precedent, what is riskier there having something that Annually, if you're being conservative, maybe you'll get 50, 60, 70% per year on average, uh, or continuing down the road of just perpetually printing money to pay off your debt. And not only that, but when you inject hard assets that can't be debased, it also kind of encourages you to actually create something of value. Uh, so we will see. Again, I... I don't know if the Salvadoran government will be uh, efficient enough to pull this off, but if they defer to entrepreneurs that are good at building useful things, then, then perhaps. I will caveat and say, aesthetically speaking, I don't know if I would want Bitcoiners building a city. I, I think... If Bitcoiners were to defer to to uh, the best of the best in that specialization, and the reason I say that is, I think of the some of the UI in like Bitcoin wallets, where it's it's like, oh, it's it's easy and so clean, and you look at it and you're like, Jesus Christ, guys, get some get some good UI designers in here, get some people to make it pretty, because there's not a lot of pretty when it comes to uh, Bitcoin wallets off the hop, it, it, it takes allocating money to people who know how to make an application user-friendly. So <laughs> this, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, guys. I, I, I just want us to, to make sure that we have the best people in the room to, to build the Bitcoin city. Um, anyways, Let's uh, let's let's chat inflation since since we're kind of down that road already. Here's President Joe Biden tweeting out two of the leading ratings agencies on Wall Street have confirmed the bipartisan infrastructure law 
which by the way is for 1.75 trillion dollars i believe uh along with my build back better act will not add to inflationary pressures as 17 nobel prize winning economists have declared my plans will ease inflationary pressures There was literally just an article in The Economist saying that every single economist out there did not see inflation coming when we printed fucking 30% of all existing dollars in the past year. And these are the people he's deferring to. Furthermore, has anybody here seen The Big Short? Do you remember this scene where they go into the ratings agencies and everything was rigged? They're like, why are the rating agencies giving AAA ratings to all of these bonds that we know are fucking junk? And it was because everybody was telling them, hey, you better rate these AAA while we get all of the, the credit default swaps on the back end so that we can hedge ourselves first before you drop these ratings. So they were basically paid off. These are the same ratings agencies that he's talking about. And if they're going to cave to the fact that, oh, well, somebody will go down the street and pay the next ratings agency to give them a triple A. If they're going to cave to just regular pressures of, of market, given that there's a conflict of interest there, of course, they're going to cave to the president and, and the entire U.S. government being like, hey, can you guys let everybody know that we won't cause inflation when clearly we are actively right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Oh my God. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> here's Pew Research. Inflation has risen around the world, but the U.S. has seen one of the biggest increases. Of course, this only, uh, this report only covers 46 countries examined here. Um, again, U.S. was only behind Brazil and Turkey, and we'll talk about Turkey in a minute, um, at 5.3% increase in inflation, like from where it was in 2019. So there's that. But they curiously, like if you look at the map here, they seem to have excluded a lot of places that have some pretty high inflation. Uh, and so there was a good, uh, <laughs> here, let's, maybe I'll pull this one forward. Oh man, there's so much, there's so much crap here. I got a, where is it? <laughs> oh my God, there's so much. Okay, here we go. I'll pull this over. Sorry, there's a lot of stuff to touch on when it comes to inflation. Um, okay, so here's something Robert Breedlove tweeted out uh, from Block Data. And this is countries with confirmed double-digit inflation, representing 1.1 billion people in the world. And so it's just, it's just uh, let's see, some of the ones mentioned. Haiti, Venezuela, Brazil, Argentina, Sierra Leone, Guinea, Sudan, Ghana, Nigeria, uh, Burundi, Angola, Zambia, Zimbabwe, South Sudan, Ethiopia, uh, I don't know how to say this, Seychelles, uh, Seychelles, Yemen, Iran, Turkmenistan, Kyrgyzstan, North Korea, Uzbekistan, Georgia, Belarus, Turkey, Libya, Sudan. Um, so there's, there's a fuck ton of countries uh, that are double digit inflation, just double, like just anything over 10%, basically. So looking at it, ranging anywhere in between, I'm seeing like 10.9, 10.6 
all the way up to you get as crazy as Venezuela, where it's like 15, 1575%. But there's a lot of like 50%, 30%, 30%, 40%, 10, 13, 66%. Like there's a lot of high inflation. And this is and this is using their stated numbers. This is not this is like government approved numbers that you're seeing here, not even like super accurate stuff. So yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And so I just wanted to show you guys a couple of the the, the crazy things that we've seen. Uh, so this is NBC. It was a clip there. And uh, they're giving tips on saving money for Thanksgiving because inflation has gone up so much. They one of the tips was consider not buying a turkey. And then they said, well, hey, hey, hold on. Stay with me here. If you say that you're not buying a turkey, you may actually have people not show up. And that means you don't even have to buy as much food. This is this is where we're at. Um, and then. And, and like you could be dismissive and say, well, that's an anchor on CN uh, on NBC, you know, like eesh, whatever it's it's mainstream news or they're, they're trash. Yeah. But also it, the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank is saying the same thing. I shit you not. This is a real tweet from the St. Louis Fed. Yes. The people that create monetary policy are tweeting and telling you about the best way to save money and uh, for your Thanksgiving. So this is from their blog. A Thanksgiving dinner serving of poultry costs $1.42. A soybean-based dinner serving with the same amount of calories costs 66 cents and provides almost twice as much protein. They're <laughs> the Fed is saying, guys, if shit's expensive, just don't buy it. Don't buy turkey. I guess try some soybeans. The, the, the St. Louis Fed is telling you to eat soy is <laughs> what I'm getting at here. Um, meanwhile, uh, Jerome Powell was reinstated as the uh, the head of the Federal Reserve. And here's the quality uh, the, the quality journalist at Vox saying that Biden made one of the best decisions of his presidency this week by reinstating Jerome Powell with his knock it out of the park monetary policy that has definitely not screwed a lot of people um now i will say that there was a good uh clip here in mclean's magazine they're talking about inflation in canada um they also say it's they're likely to get way worse in 2022 everyone in canada will feel the pinch uh but they did they did at least on one point make a, a pretty good point there's no debate however about who gets hurt in such times. Canadians who already struggle to make ends meet. The 20% of families with the lowest income spend about one-third of total earnings on shelter, while the top 20% spend one-fifth. Those in the lowest rungs spend 15% of their incomes on food, compared with the highest rungs, 8%. And the less wealthy bear the brunt of rising energy costs as they tend to live in less energy-efficient homes. So more low-income families will face a dilemma, pay down energy bills or spend the uh, on the other necessities of life. Uh, which is the sad reality of it is, is that, yeah, um, those that have the least disposable income are disproportionately hurt by inflation. And 
you get the argument, well, yeah, but those people have a lot of debt and that makes their debt cheaper to pay back, which I think is a fucking lazy, terrible argument. And let me tell you why. Yes, if you have debt denominated in dollars and all of a sudden those dollars are worth less to pay it back, it would be beneficial for you in an inflationary environment. But that's making some big assumptions. That's making the assumption that, that one, perhaps that debt was temporary and it's just a matter of you paying that, that little bit of debt back and, and then you'll be done with debt. And potentially two, well, and this is the big one, that your wage is actually keeping pace and or outpacing inflation which is really, really not the case for just about everybody. Wages lag inflation. Wages lag inflation. Again, when everything goes up across the board, the last thing to go up is going to be your wage. You actually, if you're in a position where you have a job and you're finding it harder and harder to make ends meet, it's typically left up to the worker to go in and argue that you need a raise, that you deserve a raise, when really your standard of living is going down and it's not keeping pace with, with the cost of today's items because of the increase in the money supply, because everything is more expensive for everyone. So it's hitting your pocketbook and you have to argue just to stand still. And so the, I, I hate that argument when people say, well, no, it's, it's, Inflation is good because then you can eat more easily pay back the boatloads of debt so that you can get more debt to pay off the stuff that you can't afford that's now more expensive. It's the worst argument I've ever heard. Anyways, one more little uh, point here from uh, Pierre Paulivier. Paul, I can never say his last name, whatever. Anyways, uh, yesterday, the Bank of Canada published a graph showing a, quote, sudden burst in mortgage lending in spring 2020. The cause, I helpfully added a line showing when the bank began flooding debt, the debt and mortgage system with $400 billion in cheap cash. Cause, effect. And basically, if you're listening and not watching, it's a chart. It shows uh, home purchases by investors increased during uh, more during the pandemic than those by other home buyers. Uh, so there's three lines. One is uh, first time home buyers, two is repeat home buyers, and three is investors. And it shows the percentage that they've grown. It was relatively steady kind of from 2015 all the way to 2020. It took a big dip in early 2020 as obviously everybody was kind of locked away in their homes and there wasn't a lot going on. And then the easy money came, uh, a ton of money was printed, and because of where that money was allocated, uh, more of that money, it disproportionately went to those at the top, and thus they were able to invest it in more areas, knowing that they don't want to hold on to dollars. And while you see, again, if you're looking at the chart, investors, uh, the number of people investing and buying investment homes has gone through the roof. Um, comparatively to repeat home buyers and first time home buyers, uh, but they have all gone up across the board. So, anyways, that's why houses are expensive too. Again, when you have cheap money, uh, people are going to put it in something. And uh, one way that people do that and try to preserve their purchasing power is 
buying homes. Okay. Uh, one last thing here. Uh, I said I was going to touch on Turkey as well in terms of uh, in terms of inflation. This is this is crazy. Um, Bitcoin hits an all time high against the Turkish lira as it collapses. So, I mean, yeah, as if if you're looking at it from a Bitcoin standpoint, Bitcoin here is actually tends to be the constant versus the Turkish lira um, losing value. It's not that Bitcoin gained necessary value because you would have seen that across all currencies. This is the lira tanking. Um, so the Turkish lira has been in free fall after President Erdogan um, demanded the Central Bank of Turkey cut rates for a third consecutive month from 19% to 15%. Turkish lira against the US dollar has been weakening over the past decade, but yesterday the currency saw rapid deceleration, losing 10% of its value in one day, an all-time low it's a historic event for a G20 country, a G20 country. How long do you think before we see that in one of the G7? How long do you think before we see that in Canada? U.S. would be the last to go, right? The, the U.S. is the, they've got the dollar that's most in demand. They've got the reserve currency. That would be the last currency to really lose that kind of purchasing power because, People will flow into that out of their other uh, currencies. So, so U.S. will probably get stronger versus these other smaller currencies. Um, regardless, uh, what makes the economic situation worse is that Turkey's consumer price index has been accelerating over the past years, now well above its central bank's rate and 19.89%, 20% inflation. Damn. Uh, with domestic inflation rising, real rates will collapse, incentivizing investment capital to flee for foreign investments. A collapse in currency will now only accelerate this trend of inflation and negative real rates. And it's not clear how Turkey can stabilize its currency without a lack um, with a, uh, without a lack of foreign exchange reserves to lean on. Additionally, 13 billion in Turkish external debt is set to mature this month and next month. The repayments on the debt increases demand for foreign currencies, adding more self pressure to the lira. Basically, if you're in Turkey, you're, you're pretty much fucked. Like, get out of the lira. Hold anything else you can. Buy Bitcoin. Um, yeah, that's sad. That really sucks. Okay, some lighter stuff to wrap up here. Uh, a new website, Rodolfo, is on a roll. Uh, dude that created Cold Card over at CoinKite. <laughs> he, he has Bitcoin.Holiday, the website. Basically, it's all notable events in, in Bitcoin. So you have a calendar. Like this month, we had the Bitcoin Well. October 31st, we had the Bitcoin white, uh, white paper day. Uh, this is gentlemen from 2014. That's, that was a short lived meme. I wish that had lasted longer. Those that were around in, in 2014, this is gentlemen was a, was a good meme. Uh, BitConnect, uh, failure to launch Segwit 2X day. Um, lots of great ones. You can, you can kind of flip through and see what's coming up. HODL day. HODL day is coming uh, December 18th. That's that's a fitting one. Hoddle day in the hoddle days. Uh, December 18th, that's the day when a drunk user on Reddit misspelled hold in his title of his Reddit post and people just ran with it and hoddle became a meme. It does not mere ho mean hold on for dear life. That was explained away by somebody who didn't know the context of the original post. It was a drunk Reddit user who misspelled hold and they couldn't edit the name of their post. 
That's it. Uh, anyways, I really like this website. They've got a ton of different stuff. Bitcoin's birthday, lightning payday, Genesis transaction day, all interesting stuff. I'm going to be using this on the regular. Always take a look at uh, important dates coming up. Hey, if we make Bitcoin a religion, could we get uh, statutory holidays on all of these? It's a lot of free time. <laughs> we shall see. Anyways, check out bitcoin.holiday if you want to check, if you want to uh, see all the important Bitcoin dates. Um, also, the other day on Monday, I made a video called The Next Bitcoin Is. Spoiler alert, there is no next Bitcoin. It's literally a 30 minute video as I explain sats as if they're a new currency. <laughs> yes, I kept a straight face the entire time. Uh, but basically, I just talk about Bitcoin, uh, but I refer to it as sats the entire time. Uh, so I, I deal with the unit bias that people get um, and say, well, you can get 1,700 of these things for a dollar. And it's got all of the network effects of Bitcoin and it works with all the hardware wallets and it's accepted everywhere that Bitcoin is. And, you know, it has this great network called the Lightning Network. You can send it instantly for low fees. It uses proof of work, which encourages people to find more energy efficient uses. Uh, and so it, in, it will likely spur a boon in efficient uh, energy harnessing technologies. So I, I cover the gamut of it. Um, but if you have normie friends that are stubborn and need to shitcoin, get them on sats. And I show them how to instantly convert their Bitcoin to sats. It's tricky to get sats. You got to go to a place that sells Bitcoin typically. Then you send it to a special wallet and you hit in the settings. You can convert them instantly to sats for no fees. It's crazy, guys. Uh, anyways, <laughs> check out the video. I was pleasantly surprised by the number of people, the number of Bitcoiners that got the joke. I was expecting like everybody to in the comments to be like, this is Bitcoin, like, you know, the typical like ruin a joke kind of guy, but uh, pleasantly surprised the, the comments were good there. Uh, and then also tomorrow, why are we bullish? Make sure you tune in. Uh, I've got Glenn Hoddle, got Mr. Peter McCormick making, making an appearance. We've got Bitcoin Gandalf and we've got Galaxy Hoddle or Gal sorry, Galaxy, Galactic Hoddle. Sorry. Sorry, Galactic. My bad. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I, I thoroughly enjoy that Peter is the only one with a real name and maybe the only one who, who shows his full face. <laughs> I, love, I love working in Bitcoin. That literally three of four guests tomorrow are just memes. <laughs> and and yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Oh, other thing I wanted to, to bring up. I got sent this today. Hold on. I'm going to, I'll just remove this for a second. I got sent this today. The Bitcoin machine. Shout out to my pals at Umbral. Um, they sent me over one of the pre-built uh, like plug and play nodes. Now I'm running an Umbral. I've got, uh, what side of, there we go, over here. So behind me on the shelf, I've of course got my Crypto Cloaks Triton uh, running Umbral already. Uh, but they sent me one of these to, to check it out. Same thing as an umbral, but it does have this little window on the front is like a display. It shows uh, the Bitcoin price when it's on, as well as the sats per dollar. It's it's also made of solid metal, um, which I, I thought it was going to be plastic, but no, it's it's metal. Uh, it feels pretty robust. Um, yeah, it's 
pretty cool looking. I'm excited to play around with this. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, thanks. Thanks, Umbral friends. Uh, I appreciate that uh, being sent over. I also just got uh, the new... I, I got a few new things to the house. I'm just excited to to share. Uh, I got the newest um, uh, magazine from uh, Citadel 21. I'm subscribed there. Uh, love Citadel 21. If you don't know them, just Google Citadel 21. Tons of Bitcoin plebs write pieces for them, and they are excellent. Also, I've got uh, the new print issues of Bitcoin magazine on the way, which I'm very, very excited for. So anyways, lots of fun things. Um, I'll bring back in my screen here. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for spending your time here with me on this fine Thursday. I hope to see you again tomorrow, of course, for Why Are We Bullish? Be sure to check it out. Uh, as always, like, subscribe, share. All those things help so, so much. You have no idea. Uh, if you want to help with the show in another way, check out the sponsors down below. ShakePay, Ledin, uh, BitRefill, Keystone, Bill Foddle, all those are down below. Remember, Keystone's still 20% off right now. ShakePay, they got the $30 deal, and uh, you should probably get one of those cards if you're in Canada. Um, you know, everybody's got stuff going on, so check them all out. And of course, if you really liked what you saw, you can always drop me a Bitcoin tip at my Strike page. That is strike.me slash BTC sessions. Head there, hit type in any amount you like. You hit the tip button, you'll be greeted with a lightning invoice. Or if you tap to the right, a regular Bitcoin QR code, and you can send over some stats there, if you so please. With that, I'm out. Have yourselves a wonderful evening, day or evening, wherever you may be. I'll see you guys uh, hopefully tomorrow for your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin.